A warning. This contains realities that are sometimes unpleasant to confront. Specifically, the reality of the mortality of humans. If that does not sound like the kind of thing you want to hear about today, move along. There is nothing to see here. Today joining me at the Merrick Art Gallery in New Brighton is Ryan O'Shea, representing the Grove Cemetery. Excited to be talking about that. Wow, it sounds like a fire in my headphones. No, not so bad. It just sounds like a conversation. That's fine. I have enough trouble just listening to myself. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, sounds good. Welcome to the Little Beaver Historical Society podcast. I'm, I'm going to ask some questions, but you, I mean, you know how this is going to work, you know. Yeah, but I ask about opinions. You're asking me about facts, and that's a whole new level of... What, what do they call them? Alternative facts? Alternative facts, facts yes. <laughs> listening to a production of the Social Voice Podcast Network. Welcome to this episode of the Little Beaver Historical Society Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Holowico. Ryan, you want to tell us a little about yourself and how you got involved with Grove Cemetery? Certainly. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on the podcast. This is one that I definitely enjoy that dives into local history, and I think this is a very important topic to keep these stories alive. So thank you for doing that. Um, yeah, I am a board member at Grove Cemetery in New Brighton, Pennsylvania. I've lived in New Brighton my entire life, and this is a cemetery that I spent a lot of time in. Um, I used to go there, you know, in high school to just take walks, you know, look at nature, uh, experience a lot of the history that you're literally surrounded by there. And I've always been interested in history, studied it at the University of Pittsburgh. And when I graduated, I wanted to get involved in preserving these stories and the, the history of our area, particularly here in Beaver County in Western Pennsylvania. And I was able to get involved at Grove Cemetery and work with the team there on bringing that cemetery up to the standards that it should be at and preserving the history and the tales that are there. And there are many, and I'm sure we're going to get into some of that. Well, you have an interesting history in New Brighton. You actually grew up right across the street from Merrick Art Gallery in an Underground Railroad house, right? I did, yes. Uh, Underground Railroad and the Merricks tie through this entire story, whether it's me growing up a hundred yards from where we're sitting right now, uh, all the way through the, the Merricks owning the land became Grove Cemetery. So all of these things are very intertwined in a very interesting way. And I'm sure everyone knows that the Underground Railroad was extremely important in New Brighton history, in Darlington area history, in Beaver County history. Uh, that's one of the most well-known things about this area. And what I think is really fascinating is that many of these people who had these safe houses in New Brighton, who were the staunch abolitionists, many of them are buried in Grove Cemetery and their stories are preserved there. Some of the most important people in New Brighton history were mill owners and different owners, part of, and, and most of the things are named for them, and that's the Townsend family. And there are many Townsends buried in the, in the Grove Cemetery, right? There are. I mean, Townsends are just one of many notable local families that are buried there. You also have, as I mentioned, the Merricks. There's the Reeves there. there. There's multiple families, mainly in one section up on the hill, which overlooks a great view of the rest of the cemetery. You can see all the way up to Oak Hill and the New Brighton football field we have there. Uh, there's great views from that cemetery, and many of the prominent families of Beaver County and New Brighton history are in one small location up there. 
Okay, what year was Grove Cemetery put on the hill up there? It is a beautiful place. I've been there multiple times. Yeah, 1859 is when it came to be. Um, In the late 1850s, cemetery space in New Brighton was getting quite scarce. So there was a committee formed in 1858 to try to alleviate this problem, find a new location for a cemetery. And March 19th, 1859, the cemetery was incorporated by an act of the Pennsylvania State Legislature. So that was just last week. We celebrated our 160th birthday being here in New Brighton. It's it's a very interesting cemetery for me as a historian because I go through there and I see names and I and all of these people had something to do either with history or technology or you know manufacturing. You've got Ma- the Merricks. The, the Merricks were sitting in the Merrick Art Gallery. The Merricks were known for what business did the Merricks have? So there are many in this area that the Merrick family, the various sons, got involved with. One of the most well-known is the Standard Horsenail Company, which is right here on Fifth Avenue in New Brighton. And interestingly, that used to be the site of a former cemetery here in New Brighton. Well, that I didn't know. Yeah, the Quaker Meeting House was there. It was the Friends Cemetery. And all of the bodies that, are now, that were buried where Standard Horsenail now is were moved to Grove Cemetery, which again was land that used to be owned by the Merricks. So all of these... It's all interrelated. I, and I'll, I'll tell you a fact about, about Standard Horsenail. Standard Horsenail is the oldest continuous operating business in Beaver County. I, had, I was unaware of that. It, they, it is the oldest manufacturer left in the county. Mr. Merrick started in 1840s, 1850s, some, I think it was. I'm not sure the exact date. But they are the oldest. So New Brighton history is immense. And it's surprising how much you can learn going to a cemetery. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it sounds, it sounds kind of macabre, you know, well, we're going to a cemetery. But you can always tell, and, and this is my, and I've been to Allegheny Cemetery, I'm sure you have. Mm-hmm. You can always tell who were wealthy. Yes. By the headstones and by their memorials, because in the early 1800s, stonework was expensive. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and I know Grove has some very beautiful stones up there that were, were put in. Recently, I noticed you guys had a rededication of a Civil War soldier at Grove Cemetery. Yeah, so there are many veterans of various wars buried at Grove Cemetery. We do have a Civil War monument there. Uh, just a little bit about that monument. It's 21 feet high. It weighs a few tons. There was this. There was a seven foot high statue of a Civil Civil War soldier on top of this monument that was dedicated in the 1860s. It was made of zinc, and it became unstable after about 100 of years. So that had to be taken down, but was recently replaced with a smaller Civil War statue. But yeah, there is James Howard Bruin, who is a very noteworthy Civil War veteran. He was an escaped slave. He escaped slavery, came to Beaver County, and made his home in New Brighton, and he served in the Civil War. And after his service in the Civil War, he brought his tattered battle flag, which was riddled with bullet holes, back to New Brighton. And for every parade from then until his death, he carried this tattered battle flag. Yes, we actually have a picture of uh, yes. Sergeant Bruin and very large man. I mean, he, he, he was a very large man. And somebody told me he operated a barber shop in New Brighton. I think that's what he did after the Civil War. I think he was a barber. Yeah, I was a barber here in New Brighton. And an interesting fact about him is he was married five different times. And one of those marriages took place at the Beaver County Courthouse as part of the centennial celebration of Beaver County. Well, that's interesting. That would have been 1902. Yeah, well, I think it was 1900. 1900, yeah, that's right. 1900, the county was right. That's that's an interesting fact that that he had served in the Civil War, and in 1900, he's getting married again. Yeah, he finally passed away in 1916 at the age of 90. 
So he actually saw the Civil War, the Spanish-American War, and he actually saw World War One. He, he, he was alive at the start of World War One. Exactly. It's, it's amazing. A- an amazing piece of American history here. So I, I have talked to you, and, and I actually gave you a picture of, of Dr. Stanton, and Dr. Stanton is a very important part of history in the Civil War. Yeah, yeah, Dr. David Stanton was a doctor and an abolitionist. He was the cousin of the Secretary of War under Lincoln, which is the Stanton that, that most people would be aware of. And his service to the New Brighton area as an abolitionist and as an experience with a medical doctor, being able to treat runaway slaves who got to this area on the Underground Railroad and were injured or ill, his ability to take care of those problems really set him in history, and he is, is buried there. Alongside the Merricks, another prominent family is at Grove Cemetery. Well, one of the interesting facts about Stanton was that he was actually related to the premier uh, Underground Railroad family. He was married to one of the Townsend daughters, right? Yes, yes. The Townsends, uh, we recently put together a walking tour pamphlet of many of the notable graves at Grove Cemetery. And when it got to the Townsends, I don't even have a name listed because there were so many of them that did so many interesting things that we just have a Townsend section listed because all of them were fierce abolitionists. They were industrialists. They were people who did charitable work in the community. It's so hard to pick just one of them to highlight because the whole family did amazing things. Uh, one was a congressman, Charles Townsend. So there's great things happening. Well, you speak of Charles Townsend and, and actually in, in a a little while here, I'm going to interview our historian, Charles Townsend, who is related to the Townsend family from New Brighton. And Charles has brought a lot of history through his family. And we actually have letters that were written from abolitionists, famed abolitionists that visited New Brighton to the Townsend family. This was a national center. And the Townsends who are buried in your cemetery were very important people on the abolitionist movement. Yeah, they absolutely were. Many people overlook that when they think of this town. And I think one of the biggest things we can do to have people have pride in New Brighton, have pride in Beaver County, is to highlight these stories of the amazing people that lived here before them, who did things that changed the country, who were motivational figures, who went out there and got things done. And I'd love to see more of that happen from our area. And I think one way to promote that is highlighting these stories of people who have done it before. I I thoroughly agree, Ryan. One One of the interesting things about the abolitionist movement and what the Townsends and what everybody in this town went through is the Fugitive Slave Act was passed, which said that a slave hunter could come to a non slave state and take slaves back to the South. If they caught you harboring the slave, they took your property. So what a lot of these industrialists, the Townsends, the Merricks, what they would do, they would sign their property off to a cousin or to somebody else. So you're not going to put the local industrialist or the minister in jail for harboring a slave. You'll take his property, but if he doesn't own anything. So these people that are in the cemetery had to think. I mean, the laws were archaic. Yeah, and one of the things that I think is very important to point out is it's not just the cemetery that is the home of this history. Many of the houses that were owned by these people who participated in the Underground Railroad in New Brighton are still standing. And there is a separate walking tour, the New Brighton Underground Railroad walking tour, that starts at many of the houses in downtown New Brighton and ends up finishing at Grove Cemetery. So you could start a walking tour of New Brighton history, pass all these houses that were safe houses on the Underground Railroad, and end up at Grove Cemetery and pick up the walking tour there to see their final resting places. 
Yeah, that's that's an interesting thing. The county actually, tourism actually put those brochures together for New Brighton, and they actually have done one for us in 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 Darlington. It's hard to imagine the amount of houses in New Brighton and in the Darlington area that actually had false basements and tunnels. And I'm thinking your house actually across the street actually was found with a, what, a false basement or a... Yeah, there is a tunnel in my basement that leads out towards the street. And at about five feet in, it is blocked off with stone. Now, the story that's always been passed down to me that I have heard is that that tunnel previously went all the way across the street to the Merrick Art Gallery, where fugitive slaves, when this was a train station, would be brought and then taken over to my house, which was a hotel at that point, where they would rest in the house and then move on further north from the train station again. That's always the story that's been passed down to me. I would love to see some more verification and validation of that, uh, but that is what I've been told. Uh, That's such an interesting fact. And what I don't think people understand is that's not just your house. If you go up and research the people in the cemetery and you look at these names and then you look through history and you realize this guy was important, not just in New Brighton. He was important nationally. And I think cemeteries will do that, and especially yours. It's one of the most historic cemeteries in, in Beaver County. You just look at a name. And, and I mean, and, and again, I will, I will say looking at the larger stones, the ones that you realize that had money. Those people back in the 1860s, many of the, the wealthy industrialists of the New Brighton area, they give back to the people, and they, they were socially and morally conscious of everything that was going on in the area. Yeah, and there are other—it's not just abolitionists. We're talking a lot about that, which I think rightly so, but there are artists and musicians and politicians and creators all buried at Grove Cemetery. I think one of the most well-known ones on a national scale is Grace Greenwood, which is a pseudonym for Sarah Jane Lippincott, who also lived— just a couple hundred feet from here where we're recording this at the Merrick Art Gallery. And she was a journalist, a writer for the New York Times. She was an abolitionist as well. Abraham Lincoln referred to her as the little patriot for her work during the Civil War. And an interesting fact about her that a lot of people don't know is you might be familiar with the Bohemian Club, the very well-known gentleman's club, a private social club in the San Francisco area for industry leaders and politicians. Many former presidents were members there. It's a men's only club, but she was granted honorary status as one of the first women to be able to get to that level. So she was world renowned for her work and was one of the first foreign correspondents for New York Times as well. In that era, for a woman to be recognized by a group of men, was it was unheard of. Uh, the women, women were considered, you went and you cooked and cleaned and took care of the children. Yeah, and it wasn't just those types of people that honored her as well. Nathaniel Hawthorne called one of her children's books one of the best he's ever seen. So she was getting accolades from the most well-known people of that era. Another thing I know that there are many, many people, and these are just local people that are buried in the cemetery, that if you trace their history back, they either worked on the railroads, which came very important to New Brighton, or the canal system that was important to New Brighton. I'm sure many of the people buried in that cemetery were canal workers. Yeah, there are people from many industries buried there. This was one of the places where the people from the New Brighton area were buried. And it, as I mentioned, was kicked off in 1859. The first burial there happened on October 20th of 1859. But many of the bodies that are there in the burials actually date from a time earlier than that. Because as I mentioned, the Quaker Meeting House burials were moved there. There was a Presbyterian Cemetery in New Brighton where the burials were moved there. So hundreds of bodies that are now at 
Grove Cemetery, which currently there's about 16,000 burials there. Many of them date from before 1859 because they were at other cemeteries before being reinterred there. So the history dates back further than we know, all the way back to when New Brighton was first becoming an established place. We even have Revolutionary War veterans buried there. That's that's a rarity. I know that that uh, there are a few cemeteries I've been in that there are Revolutionary War soldiers buried in, one one being in Ohioville where I live. But it's a rarity to see a revolutionary. This was bec- due to the fact that this during the Revolutionary War, this area was the wilderness. So there weren't really many people living here. So most of them came from other places. But it's interesting that your cemetery has, from the Revolutionary War on, clear up to what's, are there any uh, recent burials from, from any conflicts? Yeah, I mean, we're still an active cemetery, so burials are happening there all the time. Uh, Plots are still available, so if someone wants to come look at the place and get a sense of the history or maybe even be interred there themselves when that time comes, this is something that is still a possibility. And we'd love for that to keep happening, right? This is a cemetery that, like many cemeteries in the Beaver County area, for a while its future was up in the air, right? It could have fallen into disrepair. It could have been forgotten. It could have been overgrown. But because of the effort of people in these towns and these areas to share these stories and to get involved and to get their hands dirty and work and rebuild these things and preserve these memories. It's still existing today and is a great place for anyone to come visit. Yeah, I know in the spring, there's lots of flowers that bloom. You see deer. I've seen deer in the cemetery. Absolutely. I'm sure there's have. lots of animals down there. Right. People think of cemeteries. Oh, you just go to the cemetery. It's, you know, it's just where dead people are. Actually, cemeteries aren't. And originally... When cemeteries first, these type of cemeteries were put together, they were considered gardens. They were considered, it was a place to go see your relatives, but also to see nature. And I think we've lost that. I think people go to the cemetery, put some flowers on their grave, and they leave. They don't look at the beauty of Grove. Well, even your gatehouse and everything there. I don't know what year that was built, but it, I mean, it's older. And some of the monuments and, and different statuary that you have in the cemetery. Yes, it is a historical site. And when this was dedicated on October 13th, 1859, it was a spectacle for the town. 300 people came out in the rain for the dedication of this cemetery. It was a big thing in the area and people enjoyed walks there. They experience nature. They experience some of the history. You mentioned the the beautifully carved gravestones that are there. There's a lot to experience. And if you're someone who hasn't, you know, experienced this view of nature and the very, you know, taking a calming walk through nature, especially in autumn, Grove Cemetery is one of my favorite places to be in the autumn because you have the falling leaves, the changing colors, the temperature is amazing. You have the great view of New Brighton from the hill there. I'd recommend you come check it out. When you're in Grove Cemetery, you don't even realize there's a city near you. It just looks like it's by itself in the woods. You feel surrounded by nature. There's nowhere from the cemetery where you can like look next to you and see a house. You're surrounded in this one place where there's trees and there's birds, and it really feels like you are away from a town, but really you're right in it. So we talked about the, the pamphlet you put together for tourism and things. What gave you that idea to put a pamphlet together to have people tour a cemetery? This is something that I've been passionate about for a long time, trying to get this project off the ground. I've probably been working on it for five years by the point it finally came to fruition. And it wasn't just me. I was working with the the Grove Cemetery Board, and I was inspired by the work done by Beaver County Tourism with the, the New Brighton and Darlington Underground Railroad walking tours. Anytime I travel somewhere, I go to the cemeteries, and I 
get a sense of, as you mentioned, the prominent names in the area, the history that was there, what were the industries. And I wanted to have something like that for New Brighton, especially the cemetery that I spent so much time in growing up walking around. And I, I got to ex always looking for these cemeteries and I would hear that someone is buried there. You know, Grace Greenwood is buried there. Can I find her grave? And it was many times very difficult to track down where these locations were. And I wanted to put something together that was concise and easy to access so that people could go to the cemetery, do a short walk and hit all the major noteworthy burials. And there is one regret that I have about this. And that is that there was one name that I couldn't verify the facts of. And because of that, we left her off the walking tour. But if we ever do a second edition, we want to include her, and that is Sarah Donnelly. Uh, the reason I couldn't verify those facts is because she's often referred to in historical documents as Sally Donnell, and she was one of the workers at the Allegheny Arsenal in Lawrenceville during the Civil War and was one of the 78 people killed during the explosion there. And she, because of her status as a government worker during the Civil War, was giving a full Civil War veterans burial and is located there at Grove Cemetery. And I think that's one of the things that we need to highlight the service of these women as well. The Allegheny Arsenal was a maker of shells and cartridges for the Civil War, primarily by young women, 13 to 19 and that and they had a massive explosion that, that took, I think, four or five bunkers out and killed quite a few women. So it, it's an important uh, part of history and to have somebody buried in the cemetery. And, I, and I'll tell you a story. My family cemetery is Grandview Cemetery in Big Beaver. So my, I ventured through the cemetery looking at Civil War graves and stuff. And I came on a National Woodsman Monument. I'm sure you see them look like trees, right? Interesting monument carved like a, a, a log. And I read this inscription for this man's wife, and it says, a survivor of the Allegheny Arsenal oh, explosion. Wow. I never knew that. This is my family, you know, where my family's buried, has been buried forever. So that's what's, what's amazing about cemeteries. You learn facts that you never realized. I mean, Grace Greenwood, people pass her house every day on the main street of, of New Brighton and have yes. no idea who she is. Right across from the hot dog shop. I know many people might, might know that landmark in New Brighton. Directly across from the hot dog shop is the Grace Greenwood house. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these were important people in history, not in, just in Beaver County, not just in New Brighton. These were national treasures. And they're buried in your cemetery and multiple cemeteries in, in Beaver County. I mean, there are many cemeteries that... And, and I would speak of one that, and Ryan was talking about, they were worried about Grove was going to fall into disrepair. The Laycock Cemetery in Rochester had many years of horrible disrepair. And there are many famous people buried in that cemetery. Uh, Governor Lecoq, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Senator Lecoq, who was a, a Pennsylvania senator, which the cemetery is named after. But these cemeteries, what happens, and, and I'm, I'm thankful that somebody like Ryan and the board has gotten involved. What happens is people that, take care of the cemetery, the board gets old, people die, nobody comes back on the board, the church or whoever is involved at the cemetery disappears. And what happens is the stones fall over, the inscriptions disappear, and we forget the history of these people. Yeah, and I just want to take a second to thank all of the people that are making the upkeep of Grove Cemetery possible. You mentioned the board that we have. We have an amazing board. Brian Fab Fabianic is the president of the board. He's been doing amazing work, starting as a volunteer, just getting his hands dirty. Let's see how I can help out the cemetery, getting involved with the board. He's the one that brought me on. So many other people doing great work there. And the town support as well. We have 
the Mason's Lodge of New Brighton comes up quite often to help us do work up with it, whether it's cutting grass or setting up toppled tombstones. Rome Monument has done some work with us. Just the support of the town and the community. We can't do it ourselves, and we thank all these people that are making it possible. And, and the, the walking tour pamphlet was made possible as well by Beaver County Tourism. They've put some funds together for that, as well as another local community organization called Brighton Up, which I also serve on the board of made that walking tour pamphlet possible. And what I would love to see you mentioned the purpose of the walking tour pamphlet and all of the other history and local cemeteries around. I would love to see other local cemeteries and historical areas copy what we've done and make their own walking tour pamphlet. And if anyone needs help with that, please reach out to me because I'm happy having gone through the experience of doing it for Grove Cemetery to offer advice and support to help you get yours done. So what do you look at uh, the future of Grove Cemetery? I think it has a storied past, and it's going to have a storied future, right? The The sky's limit for what we're capable of doing. There are talks to have new developments there. Uh, we know you can't really expand the cemetery at this point beyond, you know, the geographical confines of it, but there are still plots available to be purchased. There's going to be, you know, more burials going on into the future. We're looking to redo the roads there. Uh, that's one of the main things that needs to be done. So we're seeking, actively seeking funding for those types of initiatives. So if any wants to get involved, help out with the cemetery, uh, just or just come experience the history of it. it. It's open for you to do that. So if anybody wants to get involved and volunteer with your organization, how do they contact you? One of the easiest ways to follow along with us is on social media. We have the Grove Cemetery Facebook page and an Instagram account where we share photos and stories and posts about- Which I'm assuming you run, right, Ryan? I I do run those accounts with the help of some other board members. It's not just me. It is a team effort as most of these things are. Please reach out to us and get involved there. We do have a website as well. Reach out to our email address, grovecemetery at gmail.org. And please come get involved. Well, I want to thank Ryan O'Shea for visiting with us today. Cemeteries aren't just a place to bury the dead. They are a place to learn the local history. Cemeteries are an interesting natural space that you can go, I mean, you can go up there and see deer and, and the woodlands and everything else. It's a way to get out of the city and get back to nature, not just to go visit your relatives. So I also want to let Ryan promote his own podcast. Ryan is a fellow podcaster, and I'd love him to turn everybody on to his podcast. Sure. Thank you for that. I host the Future Grind podcast, which is very different subject matter than what we've talked about here today. It is focused on the ethics of emerging science and technology. So how things like robotics, AI, and automation are going to affect humans going forward and how we can make sure that technology is brought into the world in an accessible, democratized, transparent manner that helps everyone. So we talked a little about the past here today. My podcast is focused on the future. So if you're interested in that, please check it out. We're available on iTunes and the website is futuregrind.org. Thanks, Ryan. It was great talking to you. Thanks for having me on. You are listening to a production of the Social Voice Podcast Network.
Well, every living organism at one time was dust, an assemblage of atoms from our atmosphere and crust. These bits they come together, but only for a time. From that very first self-replicator oozing from the slime, we exist and then we don't. That's just how we do. And everyone you know someday will also be dead too. We're all gonna die. We're all gonna die. It's the one sure thing on which every living thing can rely. We're all gonna die. We're all gonna die. Everyone so far has died too. There's not a thing that you can do, and you and me and us, we're all gonna die. Eee!